my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick, less than one minute review of our supplement product and book of the month for September. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few extra minutes going into finer details, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for September is our potent probiotic formula called Probiotic Power Blend. The 10% discount code for the month is Gut Health 10. So that's lowercase G-U-T-H-E-A-L-T-H 10. It is case sensitive. Our book of the month is The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakiani. Great one. And the product of the month is Peak Teas, P-I-Q-U-E-Teas, with the first time ever 5% discount on their entire line of teas using the code capital B, capital Y, capital W, capital G. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the program, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes and Apple Podcasts, post on the social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast for this week. I am Dr. Wanda Lee McPhee, and I'm hosting this episode with my guest, Dr. Russell Kennedy, the Anxiety MD. Now, just as a little pre-warning, in case the recording isn't up to our top standard this week, I'm talking on the east coast of Canada. Dr. Russell Kennedy is on the very, very far west coast of Canada, and we're experiencing where I am about 100 kilometer an hour winds, which I have no idea what that is in miles per hour for all the people listening in the States, but it's a lot of wind. So our connection is good, but maybe not great, and we're going to record anyway because it's just too important not to get this done. So... Dr. Russell Kennedy is a medical doctor with additional degrees and training in neuroscience and developmental psychology. He's a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a professional stand-up comedian with over a thousand appearances on comedy club stages across North America. You may have seen him where you are. He is an expert in all things anxiety related because he has studied anxiety extensively, both as a medical expert and perhaps even more importantly, by dealing with anxiety in his own personal life. So I think we're going to have a really helpful discussion today, and thank you for joining me, Russ. Oh, you're more than welcome, Juana. Thanks for having me. Well, I know I just touched on a little bit of who you are and what you do. I mean, that's clearly only the very, very top of the surface. So maybe let's find out a little bit more about you. How did you end up as the Anxiety MD? Well, mostly because uh, I'm an MD that also has anxiety. <laughs> so those are the two things that I sort of ran together. I mean, I guess going way back, uh, my father had uh, schizophrenia, so and my mother was a neurotic worrier. So that uh, psychotic sperm and neurotic egg kind of fused together, and uh, you got me. So I watched my dad kind of deteriorate from the time I was about 10 uh, until he finally took his own life when he was 52. I guess I was 26 at that time. So... I remember a time where I would see him being in the mental hospital and thinking, well, you know, one day I've got to make this make sense because as a teenager, I didn't really know what was going on. You know, our medical therapies aren't that great for schizophrenia for sure. And um, I thought, I kept thinking he was going to get better and he never really did. So I kind of devoted my career to, you know, mental illness and specifically anxiety because, you know, I've struggled with anxiety since I was a teenager that I can remember. So it's one of the reasons I became a yoga teacher and ironically a stand-up comedian was, uh, you know, creativity. If you look at the Ayurvedic 
doctors, the doctors of ancient India, they think that creativity is actually the cure for anxiety. And I, you know, uh, I love doing stand-up. I love doing artistic things because I do think that it does help, you know, calm that anxious brain. So in a little nutshell, that's kind of that's kind of how I do things. And I really, I really focus on people's stories. Like, why are they anxious? Because I'm not a big believer in a lot of medications. And a lot of it I can track back to attachment trauma. If you look at Dr. Daniel Siegel's work um, and that kind of thing, I think there's a lot more to mental illness than just treating it with medication or even talk therapy. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. But that's, that's, as short, that's as short as I get. Well, and you know, that's, that's why it is such a wonderful fit for our program. I mean, you know, our focus is on epigenetics and, and right. how the, the ways that we think and the what we eat and what we do and, and how we live our life changes, in a sense, who we express ourselves as. And I, I love your philosophy of really trying to get to the root cause of some of these things and, and look at behaviors in a different way than simply medicating them or mm-hmm. or pretending they don't exist there somewhere. So. Yeah. Because I do think, you know, in modern medicine these days that, you know, the, the MDs have a limited amount of time and, you know, they, they do want to help for sure. I think the medical doctors really do want to help. And, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if you are, um, you know, pharmaceutically inclined and you have someone in front of you and you can't give an hour psychotherapy to them. You know, it is one of those sort of knee-jerk reactions. And I was like this, too, when I practiced uh, a lot with uh, mental health issues, as I practiced by prescribing medications, although I really felt uncomfortable with medications in general. So I always try to get to the root cause. And, of course, as a GP, that's that's not really, you know, from a time sense, working because you can't spend 45 minutes with each patient or, or an hour that you need to to really drill down and find their old traumas and really get to the root of these things as opposed to just treating them with medication. Absolutely. And of course, there's a role for those acute episodes and, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. But it's it's nice to have a chance to talk about, you know, really the basics of this and, and getting back to the basics of, of anxiety. So in your world, what is anxiety? Well, that's the million-dollar question, Lee. That is the million-dollar question because if I ask 100 people what is anxiety, I'm going to get probably 60 different answers to that, and 40 won't even know what anxiety is because they've never really experienced it. You know, One of their friends might say, oh, I'm feeling anxious. And if you've never experienced anxiety before, it's really confusing. So I don't even like the word anxiety. I think that there's a lot of ways that anxiety manifests. It manifests in eating disorders and kids not going to school and, you know, sweating autonomic symptoms where your body is just kind of on fire. So there's no real consistent um, definition for anxiety except for my own that I made up, which is basically anxiety is purely anxious stories and thoughts of the mind. And to be differentiated from alarm, which is the body thing, which we'll get into, I think. But anxiety to me is just anxious stories and thoughts. And that's the way I explain it to people. And then I have a thing about alarm that goes on after that. But anxiety to me is just anxious stories and thoughts. That's all it is. Well, and and we hear a lot about anxiety. It seems to be rampant. Certainly, I have two teenage children. And, you Mm -hmm. know, that is, I think, the diagnosis of every third girl that yeah. I know. Um, it's yeah. it's just really becoming a, a prevalent challenge. Uh, and so anxiety is everywhere. And why are we seeing this? Why are people becoming anxious and 
And maybe it's always been there, but it seems like more again lately. Well, I think it's because of Trump. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, although, although he does, there is something called the, I think the Trump anxiety disorder in the states. I think there's a, a recognized Trump-based anxiety disorder in the states that may actually make it into the DSM. But I think we're just living in a, a much more anxious world, and you know, there's two major systems in our body. There's the autonomic nervous system, the fight or flight versus rest and digest. And there's also the social engagement system that Dr. Stephen Porges talks about, about how we interact, what he calls neuroception, how we interact with other people's nervous systems based on our own nervous system. And there's just so much more anxious energy in the world now. And kids are just, I think they're just more sensitive to it. And that's why we're seeing such a huge increase in teenagers with anxiety because they're picking up on the anxiety that's just in the world. You know, even though we've never lived in a more peaceful time in our existence as human beings, there is more anxiety now than there ever has been before. And with the social engagement system, when, you know, I don't know how old you are, Wanda Lee, but I'm, you know, in my 50s now. And when we were younger, we would play with our friends and we would watch their face. And if they fell and hurt themselves, we would look at their facial. I mean, not consciously, but we would look at their face and we would see that they were upset. Or if they were really, really happy, we would look at their face and see, you know, how that reflected back and there's part of our brain that's really focused on faces and reading emotion and now with all the kids with everything being screen based we're not really seeing that one-on-one face-to-face interaction and that part of the brain isn't being matured anymore so when you don't have that ability to soothe yourself through other people and the world is really really topsy-turvy it's going to be really hard for you to self-regulate, to regulate that mind and body back together because I do believe at its, at its fundamental basis, anxiety results from the mind and the body being disconnected. The mind goes off on its own and starts worrying and becoming you know, overly hyperactive and the body has its own way of being hyperactive too. Your gut clenches, you sweat more and the two become more and more disenfranchised. And, and that's why I think yoga, qigong, you know, these practices, breathing, that allow the mind and body coming back together are so, are so effective in, in anxiety because all that you can do, all the cognitive therapy in the world that you want, but unless you get that body in line, you're not really going to fix that anxiety. My goodness, that sounded a bit like a chiropractor there for a minute. Well, you know what? There's a little, there's a little, I got a, Dr. Nima Romani is a, a really good friend of mine. We talk just about every day. So he and I kind of blend back and forth, you know. I do have a very open way of looking at, you know, medicine. Um, I am a hardcore scientist as well. I am a hardcore MD when it comes down to some things. But, you know, you really have to be able to talk to people. And I think that's where the alternative health, um, I know I even don't like using that term, you know, chiropractors, naturopaths, that kind of stuff. They have typically a better way with patients than we do as medical doctors. And I think there's a number of reasons for that, which could be a, an entirely different podcast. But, you know, you really do need that healing kind of words from your physician. It's not just a matter of, okay, this is what you have, this is what we're going to do about it. And I think the chiropractors and the naturopaths and the alternative health, the non-allopathic MD uh, doctors, are a lot better at that in general than the medical doctors. And that's evidenced by the amount of money that's spent in the United States on non-allopathic medicine. It, in 2015 or 16, I can't remember the, the exact year, but the, the spending for the first time eclipsed what it was in allopathic medicine 
to the sort of naturopaths, the chiropractors, the alternative health practitioners. They're making more money than the medical doctors are now because I think they fundamentally have a better rapport with patients. I mean, there are great medical doctors out there. I've met tons and tons of them. Sure. But I've also met medical doctors who are pretty, you know, they're more like technicians. You know, they're more like, okay, well, this is wrong with you. This is what we're going to do about it. And there really isn't that human connection that really engages that social engagement system that invokes that placebo effect, if you're even going to use that. You know, you need that to, to, to really heal. It has to be sort of a multifactorial thing. A doctor isn't just someone you can plug into, you know, your symptoms into a computer and they spit out a, a prescription. Absolutely. Anyway, I'm and, all and, well, and that physical component, the, uh, separating the mind from the body, or it is impossible. I mean, we are yep. an integrated system, and I, as a chiropractor myself, I mean, I see that when we right. adjust people and their sympathetic nervous system can re-equilibrate, then they can be available to some of those other opportunities to heal. And and we may not be treating their anxiety in any way, but we're giving their body a chance to reset. And therefore yeah. giving their mind a chance to open just a little bit to let that in, which yeah. is a wonderful combination. Yeah. yeah, and that's what you need to be a true doctor, yeah. I think. It's not an either-or game, and I, I think it's great that we seem to be moving a little bit more into that, which is which is wonderful. So yeah. treating anxiety, uh, yep. it hasn't been particularly long-term effective. Uh, is there a reason for that? You know, I think, yeah, I think the reason for that is that we, you know, focus on the mind so much. We, we assume that the mind is the nervous system, whereas the mind is just a component of the nervous system. We assume that our thinking is actually who we are, and that's actually not the case at all. And we don't really incorporate the body in the healing of the mind. And this is true almost across the board among healers, is that Typically, it's kind of you go for psychotherapy. You go in for, if we talk out our problems, and as human beings, we really do have to talk out our situation to be able to understand it. We have this huge prefrontal cortex in the front of our head that really understands things at a very cognitive level. And we've made the mistake of believing that we can fix anxiety and depression purely cognitively. So if you look at the Western model or psychologists and, and psychiatrists, it's like, okay, you go in once a week and you talk to your mental health care worker. And over the course of a year or two, you're supposed to get a lot better. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I know lots of people who have been going to their psychiatrist for 10 years. And I ask them, are you a lot better? It's like, well, no, not really. And I kind of have a little joke in there. Like if you had a leak in your house and you invited the plumber over once a week for an hour to fix it, and you did that for five years and the leak wasn't a whole lot better, would you keep paying that guy? Would you keep going to that? But that's about all we have and we, we're not really, I think the biggest problem is that we are not addressing the sense of alarm that's in the body. We, we address the cognitive part and we need both. It's not that we don't need psychotherapy, but we need to also embrace the body. We need to sort of get that body regulated, get into breathing techniques, get into yoga, get into Qigong, get, get some sort of sense in your body so that your, your mind can slow down enough so that your body and your mind can reconnect. And then you can start to re self-regulate. Because if you can't self-regulate, you're gonna be anxious for the rest of your life. So it's really, really important to start to realize that anxiety is just basically the thoughts of the mind. What we really need to treat, what we really need to get at is this sense of alarm in the body. So we really need to work on body-based techniques along with cognitive therapy 
that really join together. And I think that's why our long-term success rate with anxiety and depression to some extent are, is not that great because we're not including the body in the healing of the mind. And I think we're going to look back in you know, 10, 25 years and go, why did we just ignore the body? Why do we think that we could do it all through the mind? Because we can't. We just simply can't heal just using mind-based strategies. Well, and, and that sort of prompts a, a little theoretical thought in my mind as we're talking about that, because we're seeing probably the most sedentary population we have ever seen. You know, sitting is the new smoking. It is the root of all kinds of, of health challenges and, and perhaps is, is part of the root of some of this influx of anxiety and depression that we do see in the population. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, Stephen Porges talks about the... Um, the vagal theory of you know the the the, the triune vagus the three-part vagus nerve and he when he starts about ventral vagus is that's the nerve it's the 10th cranial nerve it's the nerve that kind of runs through our whole body almost and calms us down now if we're not using that nerve properly we're not going to get better and there is something called the dorsal vagus which is the unmyelinated kind of primitive vagus nerve which really is what animals get when they're cornered by a predator. They go into what's dorsal vagal freeze. And that's what a lot of us go into in deep anxiety or deep depression. We get into this dorsal vagal freeze response. And the tendency is to sit there or lie there in bed with your covers tucked up to your chin and not moving. And all that does is allow you to stay in your head get a lot more cognitive, which is not going to help you because typically when you're in alarm, you're going to create stories based on that negative feeling in your body that are negative. So movement in and of itself starts getting you out of that dorsal vagal. It starts moving you into ventral vagal. It starts moving you into a, an area that can be fixed or moved around. But if you're just frozen there and sitting on some level is a form of that as well, you're not going to move. Even getting up and putting on some music and just dancing your brains out in your bedroom is going to help you with anxiety. It will automatically start, get you out of that dorsal vagal shutdown and into some sort of activation. And then when you get into activation, you can move into what I call the green stage. I have this little traffic light analogy, which is red is dorsal vagal freeze. Yellow is activation because basically we need to be activated. That's what emotion is there for. And then green is this curious, receptive, playful state where we start integrating a lot of the things that we're learning. And if we're in, if you're in fight or flight and you're in a therapy session for the entire fight or flight, your brain isn't going to absorb very much of that therapy session at all. We need to get people back into this green stage where their body is relaxed, uh, their mind is open at that point, and then you can start working with some of these, these issues. But if someone's in dorsal vagal, if they're in freeze, you have to get them out of freeze or they're not going to hear anything. That's a great, that's a great point. Um, and, and that kind of leads us to where we love to focus with the podcast is, you know, giving people some tools for themselves. You know, what are some practical things that people can do to help understand what's going on, maybe help their anxiety symptoms? What could people well, do? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing I think is to match your breath and your movement. Because like I say, your mind and your body become disconnected in anxiety. Your mind goes off on its own little you know, worry trip, and your body gets separated from that. And your, your body will react to any story that you tell it as if it's actually happening. 
So these horrible stories that we tell ourselves based on the alarm that's in our system, based on the alarm that's in our body, it gets read by the mind and says, okay, well, what are we alarmed about? Well, we're alarmed about money. We're alarmed about our relationship. We're alarmed about, you know, should I spend this? Should I buy it? Should I get this? You know, there's a lot of alarm in there. And if we can't calm that alarm first, then the thoughts are just going to follow. And then the thoughts are just going to make everything worse. So basically what I think happens is that you get this alarm in your system, which I think comes from two cases, one from unresolved trauma, and two from some people are just really sensitive, you know, so they're just really sensitive to that autonomic nervous system, that sympathetic fight or flight. And then when your body feels that way, your mind is going to make up a story that's completely consistent with how you feel. And then that goes up to your your brain, you make the story up, and then the story inflames the alarm in your body, and the alarm in your body inflames the story. So you get into what I call the alarm anxiety cycle. So what we do, what we have to do is is basically attack the cycle from both sides. We have to we have to kind of dismember the, the cycle. We have to break the cycle, because if you let alarm and anxiety link together, you're never going to get out of that. So if you can separate the thought from the emotion behind it. Then you can start really uncoupling this old anxiety alarm program that's locking you in distress. So things like matching your breath and your movement, you know, really focusing on your breath, getting really in the moment, as much as in the moments, you know, the catchphrase these days, but getting in the moment, getting into your body, really feeling your body. A lot of people have never really made a conscious thing like, what does my body feel like right now? You know, just sitting in a chair or what does my breathing feel like right now? We're so in our heads. We're so trying to explain everything all the time. So getting into your body would be the first thing. Movement is another thing. Movement is something like getting up and dancing, moving, yoga, qigong. That's why yoga and qigong are so helpful with anxiety is because it, it A, matches your breath and your, mo- your movement together, and it gets you moving. And on top of that, you know, you do need some cognitive therapy. You need to understand what happened to you as a child, typically, depending on how severe your anxiety is. And it's the combination of both. And what I fear and what I see a lot of is people going in for these cognitive therapies and they don't address the body at all. So the healing you get from that is relatively short-lived because I think that the body component is probably, in a way, a little more important than the mind component. If you fix the alarm in the body, you know, by yoga, qigong, breathing properly, feeling your body, getting in, feeling your butt in the chair, feeling your hands on your thighs, like get into your body, it automatically takes you out of your head. And anything that takes you out of your head takes you away from those horrible stories that you're telling yourself. And then those horrible stories you can deal with with some cognitive therapy. I'm not against, like I said, I'm not against cognitive therapy at all. I think it's amazing. But just cognitive therapy alone is not going to fix you. Now, that was a long ramble, so I don't know if I made a whole lot of sense there. But the bottom line is that you have to address the alarm that's in your system. You have to address the alarm that's in your body. And great ways of doing that are movement, matching uh, breath and movement together, uh, breathing, chanting. Um, meditation, I'm, I'm, I'm really a, a mixed mind about as far as anxiety goes because a lot of people, you got to remember that anxiety started off as a defense coping mechanism, usually when we're younger. So anything that's going to take that defense mechanism away from you is going to increase, ironically, more anxiety. It's going to give you more anxiety. So meditation for some people seems to help, but if you're meditating 
and it's making you worse, just be really aware of that because it, it, meditation is not a cure-all for anxiety. It, and it can actually make some people worse. But really, it's, it's getting into your body. It's getting creative as well as what I said at the start of the, the program. What do you like? Like, what do you really have an affinity to? What are you good at? What's your superpower? And then focus on that. Focus on some creativity. And that will take some of that anxious energy away from you as well. But really, I think the biggest problem that we make in North America is treating the mind over and over again with therapy, not really addressing the body, and putting a tremendous amount of pressure on psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers to fix us when we really need to take that responsibility to ourselves. And we can fix the body. We can do lots of things that are body-based. We don't need therapists for that. But it also creates this really nice fertile foundation for when you do go in and talk it out, you've already got some you know, alarm reduction and alarm reduction skill that you can use any time of day. You know, one of the things that I love asking myself when I'm waking up with anxiety in the middle of the night is, am I safe in this moment? Like in this moment, am I safe? Because anxiety is always, always, always about the future. So am I safe in this moment? And almost always the answer is yes. So if you're safe in this moment, you're safe because all we have is this moment. So again, another ramble, which is what you get with me. Well, that's, I, you know. it's kind of ironic because I, I do yoga quite regularly myself and I, it wasn't today's class. I think maybe it was on Friday last week. And that is actually how that particular yoga instructor started the class is had, when everyone's lying there getting ready to start is, you know, is there any threat to you right now? Nice. No, you're in a safe place. So you can let all of that stuff go and just be on your mat. And yeah. it was it was ironic because I was just finishing doing some prep for our talk today. And uh, it was just tied everything together with a nice little bow. And then here you are doing it. Nice. Yeah. You know, and the other thing about yoga, too, is that there's all sorts of yoga. You know, I'm a real big fan of basic Hatha yoga, matching your breath and your movement. You don't have to dance around. You don't have to twist yourself into a pretzel. You know, drift yourself into a pretzel. You just have to, you know, stay in the moment, breathe with your movement, and all this sort of hot yoga, you know, yin, vinyasa. You know, yin yoga is actually really, really good because it slows you right down. But, you know, we're turning yoga into an exercise. And really, what it was meant to be is a nice way of your mind and your breathing and your body all coming together in this nice little flow state. You know, that's what it was designed to do. And now we've kind of changed it into this commercial enterprise. But really, ultimately, the one, the yoga you're going to get the most effect out of is one that's nice and slow. Um, it can be intense, for sure. But it's just matching your breath and your movement and making you feel in your body. So many times, if you're listening to this in the car, feel your butt on, on your seat. Like, just really, what does your body feel like? Because we don't do that in this society. We don't feel our bodies. We feel through our heads. And that's one of the reasons why we're getting so anxious. We're not grounded anymore. And and that people really are, as a chiropractor, certainly I see it every single day, multiple times, you know, how disconnected people really can become from their body. And, yep. and teaching them to, to feel that again, to acknowledge it, to recognize it, and then to do what needs to be done or let that go is, is really a big part of, of healing from all kinds of things, not just anxiety. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I know you are working on a book. 
Yeah, I'm working on a book right now uh, called The ABCs of Anxiety. And basically, I take every letter of the alphabet. It kind of looks like a bit of a children's book. And I, I haven't, I'm talking to my editor about how this is going to look. But I take every letter of the, the alphabet and, I, and I, I contrast it. Like the first one, A, is awareness versus autopilot. Because most of, most of our lives we go through on autopilot. We just kind of you know do things the way we're so Kids have to go to basketball practice. And then we do this and we do that. And then we just get caught in our heads in this like whir of, you know, this chronic, you know, chatter of our minds, and just being aware of that, being aware of what you tell yourself, what you, what are you consciously telling yourself, and then also when you're aware of what you're consciously telling yourself, you can be aware of what you're unconsciously telling yourself, which is probably even more important. But it's just getting, it's just getting into that, that arena where you feel this sense of awareness versus just going through this autopilot just what i said before about about the um sorry um what i said before about getting feeling your butt in the seat of the, of the car you know we don't do that there's a thing called one breath meditation where you basically just take one breath and you focus all your energy it doesn't take takes what 12 seconds and it's just one breath meditation and you just breathe in and then breathe out. So I encourage everybody, let's let's do that right now. Let's just do a one breath meditation, feeling your body. Ready? Right? Just sort of nice deep breath in. And a nice deep breath all the way out. There you go. You're already a little more calm, you're more in your body. It's not that hard. You know, it really is not that hard, but we make it hard. Absolutely. And you have an online program as well yeah it's called the kennedy method online and uh that's a www address the kennedy method online.com and it's pretty much a master class in anxiety it's it's not sort of something for if you're like oh, i have a little bit of anxiety it's if anxiety is really running your life and i just got a brilliant review from one of the psychiatrists over in vancouver about it because it really does go into my history with anxiety and how and how it ruled my life for so long, and just understanding where it comes from, and more importantly, what you can do about it, how you can use sort of body-based practices and mind-based practices as well to, to heal. And that's really what it comes down to. It's fairly, I'll tell you, it's fairly extensive, though. It's not, I think it's, I, I mean, it's only eight hours as far as like continuous video, but it's, it's full of, of different bits of information. It'll take you back to your childhood. It'll go through your anxiety alarm mechanism and how you can, how you can separate the thoughts of your mind from the alarm in your body and realize, because that's one of the biggest tips that I can give you is that when you're anxious, if you're feeling anxious, stop trusting your mind because it's not going to help you. It's only going to take you down a deeper, deeper path of anxiety. So re what's really important, you know, probably one of the single best thing I can tell you is, hey, am I safe in this moment is always great. But just realizing that when you're anxious, your thoughts are not your friend. Your th as much as you believe your thoughts are helping you, they're actually making you worse. I had a patient of mine years ago come in and, and talk to me, and he lost his wife, and he said, Dr. Kennedy, I'm, I'm, I'm so anxious and depressed, I, I've just got to dig myself out of this hole. And I said, well, you can't dig yourself out of a hole, dude. I mean, I don't know if I said dude, but you can't dig yourself out of a hole. You know, when you're in a hole, stop digging. So one of the biggest things that I tell people is, you know, get into your body, breathe into your body, and stop listening to your mind. 
because your mind is not helping you. I mean, unless you can start going into positive affirmations, but I really, you know, things like meditation, things like breathing, things that get you into your body and out of your head are the ways that are going to, you know, lead you to more towards recovery because your mind, as much as you think it's there to help you, uh, when you're anxious, your, your anxious mind is trying to run you and it's trying actually to make you more anxious and it's not doing it on purpose it's just the way the mind works it's always looking for answers and typically we're not anxious about stuff we know the answer to we're anxious about uncertainty of some kind and that when the mind gets a hold of uncertainty I'll tell you there is no way of letting that go unless you get into your body wow, that's you know that's really powerful I mean I, I have a feeling people are going to be rewinding and listening to this a couple of times to make sure they get all those gems out of there and uh, we will certainly have all of your contact information, your um, connections, and your online course link on our show notes, as well as on the website when this is posted um, very soon. So that will be available for anybody who's listening to this in their car. You don't have to worry about pulling over right now and writing that down. We'll have it for you. Um, yeah, I've got a YouTube. I've got a YouTube page and a Facebook page, and the Anxiety MD is my website, and everything kind of feeds into each other so if you get into one of them you'll find all of them perfect we'll put all of those things up there so that'll be great um, and I think you know one of the things that intrigued me about I actually saw your stuff on Facebook first before reaching out to do this podcast is is just how incredibly wonderful a combination that is of having your expertise and your knowledge and and yet your experience because sometimes you know being able to go through that and see what works and see what doesn't and put all those pieces together is really a very personal journey and it's something that a lot of people can benefit from so we appreciate you sharing that today thanks Wanali. i really appreciate that yeah i've been both anxiety doctor and anxiety patient so i get to cut out the middleman i get exactly. to sort of figure out what works for me not that what you know works for me is going to work for everybody but I mean, I think there are some fundamental mistakes that we're making in this society at treating anxiety and depression to some extent and all mental illness. And I try and get my word out there and that there is an alternative. There's a different way of doing things. And I and I hope that I'll be able to do more of that as, as time goes by. Well, hopefully when your book comes out, we'll get a chance to do this again. That'd be great. Um, but until then, is there any final comment, any message, any thought you want to leave with our audience or any action if a thought is not appropriate? I think, you know, starting to do that one minute or, or, you know, one breath meditation, just just committing to that for a week and just seeing what it's like to be in your body and just seeing what it's like because most of us spend so much time in our heads that we don't even realize that the body is there. And the body is the way we're going to heal from mental illness. The body is the way that we're going to heal from a lot of these things that are happening to us now because we are just inundated, inundated with these cognitive thinking processes and things that are going on in the world and shootings and all this stuff is that we really have to fundamentally reconnect with our body and you know the one breath meditation I think is great to start just just to start getting into that because most of us I know I was like this you know when I started doing this about 15 years ago just completely in my head completely in my head and of course I was going to get more and more anxious so just realizing that there's another that your mind is only a component of your nervous system as much as it tries to convince you that it's the whole thing it's not it's really it's really getting into your body and not, again not that there's anything wrong with your mind it's just that once you get into your body you see a whole new perspective and that's really that's really what's healed me that's wonderful so 
Thanks for joining us. Uh, this was Dr. Russell Kennedy, the Anxiety MD, uh, and I will be putting all those notes uh, on the show notes, all of the contact information, Facebook, social media, all kinds of things. So you'll be able to hear more from him. And we appreciate you joining us, Russell. And we hope to do that again when we have an opportunity to see your new book. So that will be fun. Uh, and thanks everyone else for listening. If you like what you hear, please share it. It's free as always. Um, head to iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, go to the website, www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com, and you can download, listen, share, whatever you need to do to make sure that this wonderful message gets out to as many people as possible. And of course, while you're on the website, register for our weekly newsletter. We bring all kinds of, of different information to our written medium as well. And we do share a few extra recordings from time to time, so it gives you a way to keep track of what we're up to. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for sharing our passion to create a healthier world, and we hope you join us for more next week. Hey, guys, and I'm back. Our September supplement of the month is our very own probiotic power blend. Probiotics are probably one of the most varied and confusing supplements available. There are over 200 strains of probiotics and not are all created equal or have the same benefit. We have done the hard work for you. We spent months researching the best recommendations and reading the current literature to identify the top nine strains to include in our probiotic power blend. Probiotic power blend contains probiotic strains that are temperature and acid resistant, so they make it through the stomach and into the intestinal tract for more effectiveness. For the entire month of September, if you use the code GUTHEALTH10, you will receive 10% off this incredibly potent probiotic. You can pick it up at our office or our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com. The September 2020 book of the month is The Buddha and the Badass, The Secret Spiritual Art of Succe Succeeding at Work by Vishen Lakhiana, founder of Valley. Both Dr. Mike and I loved this book and recently devoured it in just a few days. For me personally, the last chapter, specifically revolving around the idea of lofty questions, was specifically empowering to me. We highly suggest you check out this book. Our highlighted product of the month is a return favorite and one of my personal favorites as well, Peak Teas. Peak Teas are the freshest and rarest plants extracted via a proprietary cold brew crystallization that gently preserves active compounds at maximum potential. They include things like green teas, black teas, herbal teas, superfoods, and so much more. You just tear open a small sachet, mix it with either cold or hot water per directions, and you have an incredible tasting, incredible healthy beverage ready to go. And they pair beautifully with probiotics for great digestive health. Here are some benefits. They support gut health for healthy digestion. They support a healthy immune system. They can provide calm energy because they're usually high in theanine, and they support healthy weight management. For our listeners, just go to their website at www.peakt.com and use the code capital B, capital Y, capital W, capital G for 5% off their entire site. Some of my personal favorites, without a doubt, are sacred oolong tea and the hibiscus tea. Thank you for listening, and as always, be awesome and never unawesome.